This is India Wilmot, and you're listening to the New Manifest Theater Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the New Manifest Theater Podcast. I am Simone Alexander, the Producing Artistic Director of New Manifest Theater, and your host. In our next several podcasts, we will be highlighting members of our Black artist community here in Austin, Texas. Today, we are talking with India Wilmot, an actor, director, and teaching artist here in Austin. Hi, India. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we're both um, fairly new to the Austin scene, so I'm so glad that we could finally touch base and get to collaborating a little bit together. Um, And I'm just so grateful to have you on the podcast and to learn a little bit more about you. Um, So if you could explain um, what you do in theater and what your relationship is with theater? Oh, um, I'm primarily an actor. Uh, I've been a professional actor for, I think, six years, something like that. And I say professional because that was when I was like, started getting them checks. (laughs) But um, I've been acting a lot longer than that. Um, But I also think you can be professional without it. But that's just my own little thing. So, um, but and yeah, primarily an actor. And um, when I moved to Austin, I had more opportunities to direct. And I've done um, assistant directing now on three productions and also have been able to flex some uh, dramaturgy muscles, which has been very exciting because I am addicted to research and text and context and all of that. So to have an opportunity to do that on productions has been uh, a dream come true. So (laughs) amazing. Um, Since you have moved to Austin and learning how to direct more, being, um, having those opportunities more, what are your thoughts about the Austin theater community as a whole? So um, I want to say that I had the opportunity to direct because I am uh, an equity actor, so there's not a lot of opportunity for me to act here. So I had to get creative of, I'm not just gonna sit here and not be working in theater. Um, So when I do my acting work, I tend to go back to the San Francisco area where I lived before here. So that's where my acting work has been the last few years. And then here, um, doing assistant directing. So. With that said, I have found that the Austin community is, what I love is that it's so diverse in style of theater, if that makes sense. So there's something for everyone. Um, I love the attention to new work, um, the reimagining of classic work. There's a lot of that here. Um, And I see a lot more opportunity here in Austin for the individual artist to create something and have people support that. So there's a lot more solo shows here than I am used to. And I think that's really, really fantastic. I love the idea of someone workshopping a solo show and then getting to put that on. I did not see as much of that in the Bay as I see here. Um, The individual artist is very important. It's not just large scale productions. Um, So I love that about Austin. Um, And then as far as the community, I just think they're very open creatively. Um, 
willing to take risks and try new things. And that's very exciting to be a part of, to watch and to uh, dig in myself. <laughs> that's great. Um, so we've kind of met through um, what I would call community building within our own Black artists community yeah. in Austin. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about your involvement with um, what is now called Austin Black Theater Alliance, as well as Black Arts Matters ATX. Yes. So I am someone who absolutely must have community to thrive. Um, I don't work well over the long term alone. And I think that I want to know what everyone's doing. I want to know how I can support you. Um, and so it's super important for me to have that and to build that if it's not there. Um, and so that was really my motivation behind it was I saw people wanting to do. And so I'm very much like, I'll organize it. Want me to do it? <laughs> so let me find out when everybody can meet. All right, let's do this. Let's jump. Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's do it. Um, so that was really the driving force behind let's community build. We have the time right now with our industry being on pause. And so to me, it's like, when we're back, we should be coming back strong and organized and ready to roll. Um, so that was a, a big motivation behind that. And just what I want to see is who's out there, who's working, what are you building? What can we help you with? How do we help each other? How do we go in as a group? Um, to the city, for example, and say, this is how much funding we need for this project. This is how we want to build. We want Austin to be a destination for Black theater. We don't want it to be an afterthought. So how do we do that? And we can only do that together. Um, so I'm very excited about what's happening in that way. And then with Black Arts Matters, um, I'm super excited. I, first of all, I love giving away money. I love making money, but I really love giving away money. Even better if it's not my money. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so with Black Arts Matters, it's really great. I uh, was invited to be on the panel and um, we've received proposals from artists of all different um, disciplines, which for a theater artist, it's always exciting to see what people are doing in the visual arts side. There's so much innovation happening where um, there's people just uh, interdisciplinary work. And I'm just so inspired by all of the proposals that came through. Um, and so what we have done with that is people have do proposals as a panel, we look over, see what we can fund, um, how does it relate to Black Lives Matter, um, and then where how we can move forward from there. So we have awarded a couple of proposals already, and um, I'm just, like I said, I'm excited. It, there's just nothing better than saying we sent out an award letter, like, ooh, you know. Totally, totally. <laughs> I feel like it's the best, the the best way to give back to the community is to support it not only um, by going to see it, but also financially supporting, getting it up off of the ground, even if it is the new work that um, Austin is so known for. Yes. And so, and I have never shied away from talking about money. I do think there's a, we all are in our art for our passion for it, obviously. It's something inside us when we were kids or whatever that said, oh, that's the thing I wanna do. I wanna do that again because that felt great. And oh my gosh, this is, this is my thing. But at the same time, passion doesn't have to mean struggle. And so I am all about asking for money, talking about money because everybody else gets to talk about money. 
So for some reason, we're supposed to sort of like be out here singing and hope we can eat the next day. Like, no, let's talk about money. So um, I'm a huge advocate for that. Um, People don't always like it. Oh my gosh, you do it for the passion. Duh, we do it for the passion. Yes. But passion did not actually put that ground turkey in my refrigerator. So, you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I am I'm such a big proponent of trying to get rid of this um starving artist trope and instead like let's build thriving artists that can not mm-hmm. only work but they can be healthy and they can have their mental health and check and self-care and be able to um you know create the best kind of work that's created under a healthier, less stressful environment. Yes, absolutely. And and that is, yes, the stress and the mental health factor is so, so, and I'm seeing that, of course, right now where we have artists out of work and that struggle of when am I going to pay my rent and can I pay my rent? But then also knowing that even when we're back, we still may be having that same conversation. So we have to, at some point, address why are we still having these conversations about artists having to struggle Yes, thriving artist. I love that. Totally, totally. Well, speaking of, um, you know, obviously this time where our industry, at least the theater industry, is very much on hold during the pandemic. What are you doing to stay inspired during this time? So I am very fortunate that I have a voiceover job that I had before everything shut down. And so I have been doing that. I do um, educational, like e-learning software. So I am the the teacher voice. Um, and I used to be their on-camera teacher voice, you know, with the green screen and point at things that weren't there. Well, I mean, they were there later, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> um, but now I'm just their voice who teaches them about history, imperialism in Japan. That's me. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I do that. And then otherwise I have found, so I've always wanted to write and I used to write when I was younger and that was mainly cause I had so much time. Uh, when I went to school, I was an English major and I took all the creative writing classes. I wrote stories all the time. Um, and somewhere along the way I have lost that muscle. So I've been trying to get my writing muscle back because I have so many, um, a couple of ideas about what I want to write about as far as a play. And I've been doing research on a particular topic that is really exciting to me. And um, so, yeah, I've been trying to set small goals and tap into things that I felt like I didn't have time to do before. But Overall, the community building has really been what has been feeding me because there's so much possibility. Um, there's possibility of producing work. There's possibility of helping artists produce their work. All of that. So I, I am constantly inspired by all the people around me. So That's amazing. I feel like you're touching on, on such great topics, but also, um, you know, part of the reason why I'm interested in you as a person and feel like... Um, you know, hope when we get to talk is because you talk about how many other things you're doing as well in your life. Um, So it's so, it's so amazing to hear that you're also writing um, because I feel like as an artist, you do kind of have to tap into all of the industries a little bit, acting, producing, writing, directing, 
um, kind of having a full scope so that you can broaden your career as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And I have been, a lot of the reason I haven't written is I've had a lot of fear surrounding playwriting because I see these amazing playwrights out here and I'm like, I don't know if that's a thing that I do or can do. And so getting over the obstacle of I'm just an actor, so to speak, and saying, okay, I, maybe I can do more than bring someone else's story to life um, with, with my acting ability. What else can I do? So it's been a challenge um, in confidence. And, um, but of course it involves my favorite thing, which is research. I mean, I was a kid who liked to hang out in the library in the summertime. <laughs> so, you know, research is like a thing I can get behind. So I'm like, okay, if I'm in the research phase, this is fun. And then when we get to the writing phase, I could be ready for that. So, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. We're going to take a short break for a community announcement. Mark your calendars. Manifest Minifest, our virtual short play festival, is September 24th through the 26th. This year, we are presenting four short plays and four artist workshops, including a playwriting workshop from Christiana Ray Cologne and Idris Goodwin. More information can be found on our social media and website at newmanifest.org. And back to our conversation with India Wilmot. What made you love theater in the first place? Like, what was the first thing that you got the theater bug? Oh, okay. So I grew up in Virginia in a small town called Waynesboro near, uh, well, probably the closest city that people have heard of is Charlottesville. Um, or maybe, you know, theater people have heard of Stanton though, because that's where the American Shakespeare Center is. So, and that's just like down the street from where I grew up. But anyway, small place, I mean, probably 20,000-ish people when I grew up. Um, so we didn't have like any sort of real, okay, well, maybe in high school we had some organized theater program, but my first taste, so I've always been like, let me sing for you. Hey, I want to do this. Oh, you know, when I was six, I was begging to like get a piano. So I could learn how to play the piano, you know? So my mom was like, I don't even know where this is coming from. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so I always knew that performance was a part of who I was. Um, you know, memorizing songs from the radio and then wanting to sing them for everyone. When I was nine, I made a demo tape that I wanted to send to Disney because I so oh, wanted wow. to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, I was just, excuse me, anyone recognize all this right here, you know? Um, so, but my first big role was in sixth grade. I was in the play James and the Giant Peach and I was the earthworm. And the funniest thing about that is that my costume was a sleeping bag. And so, but I couldn't move in it. So the other characters would have to like drag me around the stage oh, wow. <laughs> when we would be in different places. I love um, that. So that. Yeah. But also I was so excited about the play that I memorized the entire thing. So I knew everybody's lines, including wow. my own. And, un and unfortunately, um, a castmate forgot his lines and I was like whispering his lines to him, like, you're supposed to say, you know, <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, I just did all the variety shows and stuff in elementary school. Um, it, it was just always a thing for me, choir, band, playing instruments. Um, and then I got to be in my first like city 
um, musical, which was The Music Man, and I was 14, and I was in the ensemble, and I was like, ooh, okay, musical theater. Okay, I could get into this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did not go to school for theater, though, um, for a variety of reasons, but I was able to get back into theater as, um, as an adult when I moved to Arizona, so yeah. Um, is there any kind of theater that you're um, specifically drawn to? Mm. So as an actor, I really, I love new work. I love the workshopping phase. Um, that is something that used to scare me of the idea of getting new pages and having to memorize something new all the way up until opening night being like, okay, so during previews, this doesn't feel like this is working. Here's a new page. Here's some new lines. You know, you open the next day. Um, I remember one new work I did. I got a new line, like opening night. Hey, could you add this to that one scene? Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, So knowing about that process would scare me. And then once I went through and I went, oh, okay, this is like, this magic time that you get to be involved in of deciding who these characters are. Oh, okay. And you get to see how the playwright's mind works. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. Um, Cause before I'd always done musical theater uh, only for a long time. And um, yeah, well then when I got into the, my first new work and I went, this is, this is it. So I love it. I love it. I would say new work, workshopping, is one of my favorite, favorite things. Totally. I feel like new works is like the height of that collaboration, community building in the theater process is really seeing um, all of those pieces come together, especially as an actor. Cause I feel like, um, you know, when you're working with text that is set in stone, um, the flexibility that you have there is a little less. I mean, obviously you can have your own spin on something, but to be there in the room when your character is in flex is, is definitely a new experience. Yeah, it really is. And you just get so close to that person. And, um, you know, it's the, the weird thing I say that my husband's like, that's so weird, but you hear that person talking to you, like, you know, what do they feel? What do they want? And when you say it, it's like, oh, I don't think she wants that. I don't think she likes that. And then, okay, so let's figure out what she might like or what she might want to say. And um, that's just a really, it's a cool part of the process. Um, What are you looking forward to um, after this pandemic, hopefully, ends? um, (laughs) And we can, you know, get back to a place where we're meeting in theaters to watch live performances again. What is your, um, you know, highlight that you're looking forward to during that time? Hmm. I am looking forward to producing um, a couple of scripts that I have loved for a long time that I would like to see done here in Austin. I'm looking forward to producing. Um, personally, I really miss the rehearsal room. Um, just in general, no matter what I'm working on, I miss the rehearsal process. Um, all the messiness of that and um, and the fun, you know. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, 
So, and also because I have so many communities in other states, I'm very much looking forward to visiting those people and maybe seeing a production that they're going to do or they're in, or just um, like I miss my my community in the Bay Area, and I have a very tight knit community in Arizona. So I'm just looking forward to also maybe witnessing their work or at least knowing that they're working again and that they're super happy. Like um, because that's just going to be. <laughs> I keep my my friends and I keep talking about how it's going to be this. Uh, like the whiz and it's going to be like can you feel the brand new day can you like yes. <laughs> like i imagine that like theater's going to open up and we're just going to be like ah you know <laughs> full jazz hands coming back totally. we will break out in the streets and choreograph dance i see it now oh my gosh that would be my dream <sighs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is so it's so interesting being part of this pandemic because I really see that I mean, I don't consider myself necessarily an extroverted person, but even the lack of community, even in a rehearsal room seeing, you know, the the select few when you're doing a small cast show, there's not a lot of us, but it's still that that humanity contact that you have and mm-hmm. especially working on shows that are reflecting humanity. It it feels um definitely distant when we can't do that in a room together. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. I did a um audition yesterday as my first Zoom audition. So oh, wow. I went through a pretty good morning period from uh when things sort of shut down. I wasn't really interested in doing any Zoom readings really. I did one Zoom reading. Um I wasn't interested in auditioning for anything. Uh, uh it just felt not right for me. And so yesterday was the first time that I did. And it was an interesting thing. The people running it were wonderful. That was what was great. I just felt super awkward. Like, I was like, I didn't know where to look, you know? And I was like, uh, you know, and then I have a reader. Okay, you're right here. But I mean, you know, it was just all of those things. And uh, just, it was very vulnerable in a different way. You know, audition rooms are always vulnerable, but this was just vulnerable in a very different way. And uh yeah. And then I was just very emotional. So I was emotional because I hadn't auditioned for anything in a long time. And I was so happy and grateful for that moment to be able to do that. But I was like, oh God, I might cry. And this is, doesn't work because this is a comedy moment right here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so but I was like, oh, I'm having a lot of feelings. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I mean, like you're saying, it, I think it will be very emotional when we do all get back whether that is dancing in the streets or just bawling in the streets, we might be both. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of theater people, not everyone, we're all very loving and we like hugs, you know, although I know lots of people who don't like hugs, but I would say generally speaking, there will be very long hugs a lot of just loving on each other, especially if you, that's part of your theater family, like the people who you like are always working with and you finally get to just hold them close and be in their presence. Yeah, that's going to be a major emotional moment. Totally, totally. Um, if you could give advice to any, um, you know, aspiring actress, aspiring performer, 
aspiring theater person in general, um, what would you tell them during this time? Mm. I would say right now is a great time to study. Um, Right now is a great time to hire a monologue coach or a vocal coach or something um, to spend that time to figure out who you are as an artist. Um, Because often when we're not on pause, we get into the mindset of get the job rather than is this job even right for me as an artist? And part of that is because we got to eat, we want to work, all of those reasons. And so you're just like, I'll just go ahead and do it and I'll just make it work for me. And so this is a great time to figure out what really does work for you. Um, who, who are you? Who, who's, what characters speak to you? Go read a bunch of plays. Find all of that out. This is such a, this is the perfect time to take a pause and figure out who you are as an artist. And I would say even people who've been doing this for a long time probably need to have a reset of who am I really in this business? And am I only about adding names and things to my resume or am I adding richness to myself as an artist? Totally. Yeah. And then otherwise, besides that, doing that, it's also okay to take a break and do none of that. So I also would say, (laughs) because we get so bogged down in being an artist and being an actor, and I go to auditions and I'm at the chorus calls and I'm doing all of that, but what else do you do in your life? What are your hobbies? Do you like to ride a bicycle? Do you take walks? Do you play video games? Like, what else do you do? Can you cook? Maybe you can learn how to make something, you know? So I also think it's so important as a person in life to have other things besides this thing. Because we now know that this thing isn't always going to be there for us to do it the way we want to do it. So when that's not there, what are you doing? Or are you just sleeping? Because rest is also important, everyone. Please rest and drink your water. So, yeah. Are you hydrated? Are you rested? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we do all need to, I, I think everybody needs to be reminded on a daily basis, drink water and just simply like breathing, inhaling, mm, exhaling. Mm, mm. <laughs> Sometimes we forget. Um, we absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. That was really great advice. Um where can people find you? Where can people um, find out more about uh, Black Art Matters? Ah, so we have um, a website, blackartmattersatx.org. Um, and then I have my own website, which is india.me. Um, but it's just me. I don't even know it's that exciting. It's like, you know, your website. It's like, oh, here's some shows I did. Here's my resume. Here's my headshot and maybe a couple other things. You can stop by there. So I feel like I got traffic, but I mean, you know, (laughs) Um, and then I just bought the domain names for uh, uh, Austin Black Theater Alliance. So I'm very excited about that. So we at least own the domain names dot org and dot com, no matter what. Um, And then I'm working on setting up a Facebook page because I want there's things happening that we should be promoting within the community. We should be promoting you and your podcast. We should be promoting your festival coming up. Um, And so the more we can get these things out there and show what the community is doing, the better. So that's that. Otherwise, I'm on Instagram. What's my Instagram? Indie Sings. 
<laughs> I-N-D-Y sings. I do sing sometimes. Amazing. I used to sing all the time. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much, India. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure, um, but especially getting to share all that you do for the community and all that you're working on for Austin um, on this platform as well has been great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that I met you and connected with you and I'm excited for things to come. It's going to be great. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New Manifest Theater Podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Keep up to date on everything New Manifest Theater is doing at our website, newmanifest.org, and on social media at New Manifest Theater. Until next time.